Okay, let me get my mic situated here. Get my beverage in place. Okay, I think we're good. <clears throat> um, uh, what the fuck day is today? Today is Thursday, September 2nd, 2021. Um, it's been a while since I recorded, but whatever. Um, I had my birthday. I'm 25. I'm a quarter of a century. I feel no different at all. Um, <clears throat> okay, so interesting, um, interesting stuff going on. Um, f for once, I'm not going to talk in depth about COVID or vaccines. I might mention them here or there, but the main thing, the main kind of two things and they kind of, you know, one feeds into the other that I was going to talk about um, is I'm sure that everyone listening has heard about the law that got not, I don't want to say passed, but the law that got uh, voted on by the Supreme Court to allow Texans to basically report on people that they believe uh, got an abortion anywhere after six weeks, which is basically, um, you know, from what I understand, not a lot of people at six weeks know that they are pregnant. Um, and I'm a guy, so if I'm wrong with any of this, please let me know. <clears throat> let me just bluntly say, like, I'm, I'm against what's going on in Texas. Um, I, I don't support that at all. Um, but my my details on the situation might not be 100% accurate. Um, but I, I read something that a girl I follow posted on her story about how at six weeks, a lot of women don't know that they're pregnant. So I'm going off of that information. Um it's loose information, but it makes sense. So if I'm wrong, let me know. Um, but it, you know what's funny is that, and it kind of goes for a lot of things that happen nowadays, I'm not really surprised by it. Um, and I'm also not surprised at this article I saw earlier where I saw that Florida was going to be drafting up a similar bill. Now, the thing that confuses me, and I'm going to jump around per usual because I can't stop constantly thinking about stuff, um, is that being that Roe v. Wade was uh, deemed unconstitutional and that women did have, w women do have a right to have an abortion, it's confusing to me how they can I mean it is the Supreme Court and so I guess they can vote on things that they voted for in the past but um, it it still blows my mind with how widely I don't want to say popular I feel like popular is the wrong word but how widely endorsed um, the, the ruling was that it was constitutional and that it was a woman's right it, that's such a, and again, I don't want to use this word, but it, it's such a popular thing that it is a woman's right that I'm shocked almost that the Supreme Court voted 
in favor of Texas, uh, the, the, the bill that Texas brought up. Um, obviously, incredibly controversial. Um, and almost at the same time, they now have a bill in Texas that I believe it's you can carry a gun completely open carry. So you could just have it on you for the world to see. And you don't need any sort of um, like training or whatever to do so. Um, which is funny because it seems like, you know, they tried to offset one with the other. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, he only does this when I record. You can hear him scratching at the beanbag. Um, buddy, there you go. Um, it, and I, I honestly, I, and this might be a stretch, but with all of the, the folks from blue states that moved to places like big cities in Texas, Houston, Austin, um, I, I don't know if this was some drastic measure that they took to try to flush those folks out of the state and get them to go back to wherever they came from. That's probably a reach and I'm probably incorrect in saying that. But it is definitely going to turn a lot of folks off. And it's either going to um, make a lot of people want to vote for a, a Democratic governor, um, senators. I, it just seems not just wrong, but in a sense of uh, tact, it seems strange on their part to want to do that. But it is Texas, and just like Florida, we can't really be surprised with the stuff that comes out of their political offices. Um, let me just pull up. Sorry. Um, okay, so this is from New York Post, New York Times. Sorry, same thing, whatever, I don't know. Um, and this was written today, and it got updated 50 minutes ago which I would say is pretty accurate. So let me just read through this and talk about some of this stuff because I see a lot of people are basically just ignoring this ruling. Um, a lot of them are men, so they feel it doesn't affect them, even though they have, I would imagine, female friends and wives and sisters and daughters and nieces and whatnot. Um, and another thing, too, and I see this all the time, and it's like one of those flashy things that people say on the internet just because it, it makes very obvious sense. But I don't think that old, I, and I don't mean to sound like a, a, a TikTok activist, but I don't think that old white guys should make decisions for women. And I really don't think politicians in general should make as many decisions as they do. Um, and you have the whole, you know, freedom crowd and the, the free speech folks and the, all that. I stand for the flag and kneel for the cross people that are okay with all of this stuff while at the same time not being fans of frequent government interference. But it seems like, and this is speaking mainly to uh, conservatives, is that they're very easy to appeal to if you if you rationalize your decision making with uh, religion or flashy sexy conservative keywords like socialism and uh, 
you know, murder and and crime and law and order and what are the other ones they like? Um, I don't know. Whatever the shit is that they're into, um, that, that stuff appeals to them. I, I watched a video of a woman in uh, a, a school conference board PTO, whatever. And, um, she was reading this thing off her phone about them trying to mandate masks. And she was talking about vaccines and she said, um, she wasn't really saying anything of substance as most of them don't. Um, but she was just saying just key words that appealed to the folks that she was trying to get a reaction out of. And she was saying stuff like, uh, mass surveillance, microchipping, um, you know, depopulation, uh, killing our kids and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, you're you're saying a lot and you're not really getting anything done for anyone that has, you know, over a certain reading level or IQ. And I'm seeing that with this too now is where folks have opinions. And honestly, if you're not a woman, your opinion doesn't really matter. And then in this case as well, if your opinion on the situation is motivated by either politics or religion, your opinion, in my opinion, doesn't matter right off the bat. Um, because it, there's some sort of um, you know, veiled consensus that among a lot of, let's just say, crazy Christian people, and I'm not saying crazy Christian people as in all Christian people, but the f- section of them that are militant, um, where this is some sort of argument and they, they think that everyone's on board with them just because we live in America. And, you know, along with the the bald eagle that Jesus Christ and God are somehow our secondary and tertiary mascots, which isn't the case at all for, I would say, well over half the country. Um, Anyways, get back to this article. The anti-abortion movement in Texas won a major victory Thursday after a novel legal approach to banning abortion was not blocked by the Supreme Court. It was a five to four vote in favor of Texas's bill. Um, And three of those people that voted in favor of Texas's bill were appointed by, surprise, surprise, uh, Donald Guy. Um, was not blocked by the Supreme Court, throwing abortion services across the state into question and prompting some women to leave the state for procedures. Uh, The Supreme Court declined just before midnight on Wednesday to block the law prohibiting abortions after cardiac activity is detected, usually about six weeks of pregnancy. Now the measure, which was signed into law in May, will run its course in lower courts, Its unique legal structure, though, means it will likely remain in effect for the duration of the legal battle. The law deputizes ordinary citizens to sue anyone who aids or bets an abortion and abortion clinics for bracing for an onslaught of lawsuits. Instead, what seemed to be happening on Thursday was near complete compliance with the law without a single suit yet filled. The largest anti-abortion group in the state, Texas Right to Life, said it had received a couple of voicemail messages. Uh, and some tips on its website that did not pan out, but overall the movement was pleased that abortions had practically stopped. There's no big smoking gun yet, said John Sego, legislative director for the group, whose members have been watching for tips. I have no reason to believe anyone is violating this. 
I don't know if it was this hotline or whatever you would call it, but I was reading something on Twitter where someone put out the information for one of the um, call lines that they had, and they were just spamming it, which I think is great. Um, and if I if I find that info, I'll gladly share it because I believe the fo- folks working those phone lines deserve nothing but misery. On Thursday in Texas, that meant a changed landscape for abortion care. Abortion clinics reported dramatic drops in patients on their schedules and pregnancy crisis centers where anti-abortion groups offer pregnancy services reported surges in phone calls and walk-ins. Abortion funds, which help poor women pay for procedures, reported a rise in the number of patients seeking treatment out of state. It sounds like a grossly misguided, for all these anti-abortion groups, it sounds like a grossly misguided... um, strategy and intention to try and help people but the idea that they're helping people is something that is you know self-motivated like i said through some political reason or some religious reason and i'm seeing people online flip-flop um religious reason and moral reason and if it's a question of you kind of being confused about whether moral reasoning kind of is hand in hand with your religious reasoning. I think if we were to, you know, look throughout history that it doesn't really seem like any, excuse me, Jesus. Um, it doesn't seem like any religion is really able to claim that they have some moral high ground, um, over any other religion. I think that they all in a way have blood on their hands especially Christianity, which is the one that is really in question here, uh, considering that we're talking about America. Um, The law was novel, and its success surprised even some in the anti-abortion movement. Uh, Jaina Pinson, executive director of the Pregnancy Center of the Coastal Bend, which has four locations in the Corpus Christi area, said her clinics had been flooded this week with clients who were confused and sometimes angry. Waiting rooms have been filled to overflowing and staff members have been staying late to accommodate requests from women seeking ultrasounds and pregnancy tests. I didn't think it would happen in my lifetime, she said of the bill's success. Last week, Ms. Pinson and 17 staff members were at a national conference in San Antonio hosted by CareNet. Oh, here we go. A Christian network of crisis pregnancy centers. As if they're the ones that should be giving anyone any sort of advice. I'm drinking apple cider here. They hastily assembled a side meeting for Texas leaders in the parking lot of a local home for young single pregnant women over tacos. About 175 people discussed what they needed to do to prepare for a near complete ban on abortion in their state, revising the handouts in their clinics, updating handbooks, counseling new waves of clients. Um, that night, this lady and her team stayed up. Well, that's great for them. Uh, the Supreme Court's vote was five to four with Chief Justice John G. Roberts Jr. joining the court's three liberal members in dissent. Majority opinion was unsigned and consisted of a single long paragraph. It said the abortion providers who had challenged the law in an emergency application to the court had not made their case in the face of complex and novel procedural questions. The majority stressed that it was not ruling on the constitutionality of the Texas law and did not mean to limit procedurally proper challenges to it. Uh, But the ruling was certain to fuel the hopes of abortion opponents and fears of abortion rights advocates as the court takes up a separate case 
in its new term this fall to decide whether Roe v. Wade, the landmark 1973 decision establishing a constitutional right to the procedure, should be overruled. It also left Texas abortion providers turning away patients as they scrambled to comply with the law, which prohibits abortions after roughly six weeks. All four dissenting justices filed opinions. The court's order is stunning, just as Sonia Sotomayor wrote in her dissent. Presented with an application to enjoin a flagrantly unconstitutional law engineered to prohibit women from exercising their constitutional right and evade judicial scrutiny, a major of justices have opted to bury their heads in the sand. Uh, The court has rewarded the state's effort to delay federal review of a plainly unconstitutional statute enacted in disregard of the court's precedence through procedural entanglements of the state's own creation, Justice Sotomayor wrote. The court should not be so content to ignore its constitutional obligations to protect not only the rights of women, but also the sanctity of its precedence and the rule of law. Chief Justice Roberts wrote that he would have blocked the law while appeals move forward. The statutory scheme before the court is not only unusual, but unprecedented. The legislators imposed a prohibition on abortions after roughly six weeks, and then essentially delegated enforcement of that prohibition to the populace at large. The desired consequence appears to be the insulate the the state from respons- to be to insulate sorry the state from responsibility for implementing and reinforcing the regulatory regime. The chief justice underscored the tentative nature of the majority's ruling. Although the court denies the applicant's request for emergency relief today, he wrote, "The court's order is emphatic in making clear that it cannot be understood as sustaining the constitutionality of the law at issue." Justice Elena Kagan criticized the court's practice of deciding important issues and rust decisions without full briefing or oral argument on what Supreme Court specialists call its shadow docket. Today's ruling illustrates how far the court's shadow docket decisions may depart from the usual principles of appellate process. That ruling, as everyone must agree, is of great consequence. Yet the majority has acted without any guidance from the Court of Appeals, which is right now considering the same issues. Uh, It has reviewed only the most cursory party submissions and then only hastily and it barely bothers to explain its conclusion that a challenge to an obviously unconstitutional abortion regulation backed by a wholly unprecedented enforcement scheme is unlikely to prevail. In all these ways, she wrote, the majority's decision is emblematic of too much of this court's shadow docket decision-making, which every day becomes more unreasoned, inconsistent, and impossible to defend. The Texas law, known as Senate Bill 8, amounts to a nearly complete ban on abortion in Texas because 85 to 90 percent of procedures in the state happen after the sixth week of pregnancy, according to lawyers for several clinics. On Tuesday night, clinics were scrambling to see patients until the minute the law went into effect with six-hour waits for procedures in some places. By Wednesday, the patient list has shrunk, clinic workers said in interviews. Uh, The law is the latest battle over abortion rights in the U.S. In recent years, anti-abortion campaigners have found successes through laws and state legislators, and a broad swath of South and Midwest now has limited access to abortions. Texas has about 24 abortion clinics, down from roughly 40 before 2013 when the state legislator imposed the previous round of restrictions. It was not immediately clear on Wednesday if every one of them was complying with the law, which the Republicans signed in May but many in interviews said they were. In the emergency application urging the justices to intervene, abortion providers in the state said the new law would immediately and catastrophically reduce abortion access in Texas and most likely force many abortion clinics ultimately to close. Mm. This is a very long article. Holy shit. Um, 
Yeah, the patient may not be sued, but doctors, staff members at clinics, counselors, people who help pay for the procedure, and even an Uber driver taking a patient to an abortion clinic are all potential defendants. Plaintiffs who do not need to live in Texas, have any connection to the abortion or show any injury from it, are entitled to $10,000 and their legal fees recovered if they win. Prevailing defendants are not entitled to legal fees. Doctors who are sued, even if the suit is dismissed, have to report the lawsuits when they renew licenses or obtain hospital admitting privileges, according to Amy Hagstrom-Miller, the chief executive at Whole Woman's Health, which operates four clinics in Texas. As the law came into force, Democrats assailed it and pledged to fight to retain abortion rights in Texas and nationwide. In a statement on Wednesday, President Biden said the measure blatantly violates the constitutional right to abortion established by Roe v. Wade. In its next term, which starts in October, the Supreme Court is set to decide whether Roe v. Wade should be overruled in a case from Mississippi concerning a state law banning most abortions after 15 weeks that has been blocked by the courts. The Texas and Mississippi laws are among many measures enacted by Republican-controlled legislators intended to test the durability of Roe and Planned Parenthood v. Casey, the 1992 decision that affirmed Roe's core holding and said states may not impose an undue burden on the right to abortion before fetal viability. Oh, my throat is dry after reading that. Um, Yeah, so... Sorry, I'm just reading tweets. Um, yeah, so first of all, um, I, I, I think that this is something that the government shouldn't have any say over. Along a long list of things. Um, my other thing, and I have really nothing profound to say about this because it's all fairly obvious. Um, it is, it, it was declared... Uh, constitutional that women had a right to do this. Um, and so my question now to the, the, what, what, what's the word? The uh, constitutional absolutists is, um, you know, if they can overturn something like that, and if, if they are going to really try to challenge Roe v. Wade itself, um, which would affect the whole nation, of course. Um, my question is then, if, if you're okay with them doing this, that you can't be mad if they try to really overturn anything else or make any amendments, um, amend any of the amendments that we currently have, especially you know, thinking of the, uh, the free speech and don't tread on me, folks. Um, would be very literally up in arms if uh, the government ever tried to do anything that was even a, a close neighbor to free speech or free thought or, you know, freedom of expression um, or anything to, to do with guns. If, if every gun held 30 bullets and they said, we're going to make it so they can only hold 29 they would all flip a lid because that's a violation of their freedom. But for some reason, in in the name of, uh, you know, whatever they want to say it's in the name of, they can just make these decisions that affect any woman at any time of their lives. And that's okay because, you know, it, it doesn't really affect them. 
um, until it does affect them. And I think people forget too <coughs> that these these politicians and and rich people will still be able to get access to an abortion if they wanted to because that's just what they do. And it's it's kind of like, and I'll talk about this in in a little bit, like a, a democracy buffet where you know, we, we think that we have a right to do something, so we do it. And we don't think that folks should have a right to do some other things. So we try to limit that, uh, you know, just for the simple fact that in doing so, we'll chalk it up as a win. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that feel good about this legislation that's in place. And that's just because it doesn't affect them. But, you know, if Texas, which they would never do, turns around in a week and says, okay, now we're going to require, you know, strict background checks and you have to, you know, show that you've done training and taking courses and are, you know, efficient and competent with a, a firearm, then all of a sudden it would be, you know, people would be saying, you know, this is communism and this is Orwellian and oh my gosh, this is, you know, this goes against the Constitution. I have a right, Second Amendment, don't tread on me, all this stuff. And, you know, folks would be getting uh, banned from Twitter or Facebook for having an opinion on the government. And then they'd say that their First Amendment was violated because they said that they were going to, oh, I'm going to take my gun and go blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I can say that because I have the First and Second Amendment. And I I really think, and, and this is going to sound bad, I've been looking at, um, just late at night, I've been listening to videos and, and little snippets of just philosophers and psychologists and people that just sit around and they talk and they think about stuff and whatever. Um, and I was watching this interesting video about Socrates and how much he was, I guess, in a way, like, he wasn't very optimistic about democracy. And I don't know if at his time, whenever he was around, if he could really fathom the idea of where we are, I would say, technologically as a society right now. Um, but, I mean, if if the the foresight or hindsight or whatever... Uh, was that powerful, um, then I guess his accusation against democracy was correct. Um, and this isn't like a, this isn't like a, um, you know, revolutionary perspective here. I think that this is fairly reasonable. Um, and this isn't going to be a popular opinion, but frankly, I know the kind of people that listen to this show. Um, with, with the whole free speech and free thought thing, it seems like I see and hear less reasonable, rational, well-thought people who can formulate an argument and state an opinion and have, you know, legitimate reasoning and context to back it up. Um, I, I see less of that and I see more of this nonsensical, like I said earlier, um, you know, the women yelling, uh, the, the woman yelling the sexy keywords. And I saw a guy, um, a, a video of a guy earlier on Twitter saying 
let me find the video because it was actually very interesting. Um, not interesting in the sense that he had something to say because, again, he didn't. Uh, let's see here. Sorry. I'll find it. Or won't I? Oh, here we go. Um, guy at school board meeting in Florida says vaccines are a conspiracy by the deep state medical establishment to depopulate the world. Also says he doesn't listen to Fox or Hannity anymore because they've been compromised. Um, and my response to that was we need to stop putting microphones in front of these people. And I think, too, that, you know, because, again, censorship is... a sexy word for conservatives to use to not conservatives, but I mean, really fringy people, um, to use the word censorship to make it dramatic. Um, and they like to couple that with saying Orwellian or, Oh, it's 1984. And, um, first of all, that analysis is wrong because that's not what Orwellian means. Um, I, I think, the the true warning was that you know with with Socrates complaint about democracy and Orwell's book 1984 um, the, the complaints were both with Socrates which ironically was killed because people voted for it um, and the question there is, out of the folks that did vote for it, how many were aware of the situation and they were educated on the on the issue that was at hand? Because basically what his issue was is they accused him of corrupting the youth. Um, to what degree? I'm not sure, but he was a philosopher. So I would imagine it was simple as him saying something that they didn't agree with. Um, so they voted. And that was their reasoning behind killing him. Um, that is the most ironic uh, intrusion and violation of someone's freedom to speak. Um, now, unless he was inciting riots and telling people to go out and commit murder, I don't think that's a reason to kill him. Um, I think that he was just kind of challenging... I don't want to say the status quo, that's really cliche, but he was just kind of challenging the general, you know, thought process of the time. And that made folks mad. Um, and it's really, it's really tough to talk about something like this because now it plays into, you know, uh, socioeconomic things and, and political things and social situations and economic constraints. But to one thing that I, I saw that was interesting from this one Socrates video I watched was that there was this idea of um, an intellectual democracy and then a democracy by birthright where folks are born and you just you're you're given the same rights as everyone else which i think we know in this day and age is on paper true but in reality is not true um which is incredibly unjust to i i would say easily half of the population in the country um 
but this whole idea that the intellectual democracy is based on folks who are able to speak about the issues and talk about the problems that the country has and be able to cast a vote for someone who will entertain and carry out and support and act on these ideas that the general public has is how, again, on paper, it is. But in reality, and this is going to sound very not democratic, I guess you could say. Um, In reality, there's a lot of people who vote who, if you ask them about what the issues are in the country, and I'm not talking about anything very deep, like, oh, you know, what's your, what are your thoughts on Afghanistan and foreign policy and uh, Brexit and blah, 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 all that stuff. I, you know, we don't need to know about that. But the issues that we have in the country, what would you do about X, Y, Z? What are your thoughts on this person? What what do you have to say about what this person said, uh, you know, in office, what they said about this issue? To talk about stuff like that and be reasonable and be able to reflect and and challenge your way of thinking and talk with other people about it. If you asked a lot of voters to do that, they couldn't do that. And I think that is one issue that leads us to getting people in office like uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Madison Cawthorn and, and Lo- Lauren Bobbert or however you say her name. Um, Donald Trump. It's one of the reasons he's in office. I don't think that there was anyone really, you know, sitting down and and uh, doing the Lincoln fist on the chin. Let's think about this. Let's weigh our options. Um, it, it's gross how we find appeal in words, just single words or phrases that you know, raise our levels of awareness and cause fear. It's so simple that, you know, I could walk out of, a, a, someone could walk out of a room and say, um, oh my God, isn't socialism the worst? By the way, I'm running for, you know, Republican governor. And all of a sudden people are like, oh, he hates socialism. So do I. I don't know what it is, but hey, he hates it. And I, I think I do too. So that guy's got my vote. I know nothing about him. Um, it's issues like that, you know, and, and, and I know that people have uh, systematic constraints, essentially, with their access to understanding these these issues in depth. Um, but I, I think that oh, this is really not going to be a popular thing that I'm talking about here. Um, put it this way. Everyone has a right to vote. I believe that everyone should have a right to vote. However, I think in order to have that right, there should be some sort of level of obligation that you not have to prove that you're competent because that is incredibly discriminatory on a number of levels. But you have to at least not find your political motivations and and appeal out of stuff that, let's be honest, look at Ron DeSantis in Florida. He is popular with Republicans because he ignores science. 
he withholds funding from school board members that uh, allow mask mandates to be in place in their districts because he is playing a political game in order to become popular with his voters and to try and gain voters and to try to get support from Republicans across the country because I, I don't know if this is still relevant, but he's, uh, I guess, a, a popular choice for uh, a Repu- Republican presidential candidate, which is terrifying. Um, because I believe that the, the Supreme Court even said that it was unconstitutional, that he was trying to, trying to withhold money from um, school board members who wanted mask mandates, and he's still doing it. Um, that's, that's scary. And to, you know, talk about freedom of choice. I don't want to say that we waive rights because we're in a a pandemic, but I think that we need to, and again, it's not a matter of, you know, a simple, you know, situation being as easy as it is, I guess you could say. Um, it's not like people are giving up rights. It's the simple fact that it's a a pandemic. And if we're going to listen to people, we need to listen to medical and scientific experts rather than folks that we've been friends with since high school on Facebook that are posting memes and these long, strange stories about, you know, God is going to save us and COVID can't hurt us and ivermectin and all that stuff. Um, it's, you know, a lot of people have opinions and a lot of those opinions are just coming from nowhere. And again, you know, this isn't a knock on free speech or anything, but it's like the fact that we entertain it and allow nonsense, you know, it's, it's one thing to censor people for being able to actually think, um, but when it's, it's strange, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just, I see it and I'm like, oh my God, we allow this to be out? Like this is a thing? Like these people can go to school board meetings and, and yell at, at, at teachers and advisors and principals and superintendents and, you know, stay outside their house and threaten them and folks can go to hospitals and threaten medical workers for promoting something that they think is a hoax and all that. And it's like, I'm confused as to how that's allowed. And it makes me think of like, oh, okay, so this is okay that, you know, maybe folks are getting their their photos taken or pictures of their license plate taken or they're getting followed home or whatever because they believe in reason and there's a crowd that doesn't or they just choose not to because it's it's difficult sometimes to be reasonable and face reality and so they do you know I- intimidation tactics to i just find it funny it's like there's this whole you know cognitive dissonance of you know you can't you know scare me and the the news is fearmongering and all this and but they do the same thing and and they do it in a direct way as in i'm not going to tweet anything i'm not going to say anything i'm just going to wait outside your house that's that 
and it, it's allowed because they don't do anything. And, you know, unless someone's breaking into your home, the authority doesn't care. They're like, well, they have to do something first before we can do anything about it. You know, if they're just standing on your sidewalk outside your house, that's, you know, what are we going to do? Um, and I'm just incredibly surprised at how, you know, and it's not like a deep platforming thing. It's not a canceling thing. It's not anything like that. It, it's not a banning or a suspension from Twitter or whatever thing. It's the simple fact that it's like, that it's widely condoned to act like a moron and to not be reasonable and to not be held accountable. And I really think it's because in part on, you know, not, I don't want to say our side because then it's just, it sounds like a team sport, which sadly it is, it has been for a while. Um, but I, I try to ignore that and act as if I'm someone who's just looking at things as they are and just speaking how I feel about them. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah. How, you know, instead of calling out bullshit directly to someone's face and telling them that they're a moron or telling them that, you know, this is the actual information you should try to read it and just making them look bad in general and just basically socially shunning them until they learn that you can't join the conversation unless you have something relevant and legitimate to contribute is we just decided to, and this is a thing, just dunk on people within our social circles because we know that everyone else will come and dunk on those folks as well. And that doesn't get anything done. You know, you can suspend someone from Twitter, but they're just going to come back and they'll do the same shit again and they'll push the limits until they get suspended again. And when they do, they'll just say that they're being censored and that free speech is at stake and that we're living in 1984. And that's just not the case. It's the fact that while free speech is something I agree with greatly, I think that we are almost in a way obligated to think about shit too. Um, and that just, it just doesn't happen. Um, and we're okay with it for some reason. Um, yeah. Oh, what was I saying? Um, yeah. Um, so th this, this whole democratic buffet thing is basically just the idea that we have all these things in front of us. Um, if I move to Texas, I can, you know, do whatever I want with a gun while I'm out in public because they said I can. But if I go to New York, it's a different story. Or if I go to Massachusetts, it's a different story. Or if I go to Wyoming, it's a different story. It's like we can pick and choose these things. And look, I think if a state says, hey, you can carry your gun fucking strapped to your forehead if you want to. We don't care. Just have a permit for it. If you want to do that and you want to look like an idiot and let everyone know that you're not good with women, go do that. You know, that's fine. 
Um, I think it's a little strange and I think it's a little bizarre that you need to have a, a rifle strapped to your body just to go to a, a Costco. But if it makes you feel better, go for it. Don't suppress those emotions because God knows who you're going to take them out on. But I think in general, we should have federal regulation saying that you need to meet a certain set of criteria to be able to obtain a gun. And if you fit into another set of criteria or you check the unsavory boxes, then you cannot get a gun. You don't have a right to one. You earn the right. Um, and it's the same thing with this whole freedom of thought and expression and stuff. It's like, you can do all of that, but we, and you have a right to do it, uh, but we don't need to listen to you. We don't need to care. We don't need to agree with you. And frankly, if we, if we don't like what you're saying based on the fact that it's actual nonsense, then we can just hit the mute button and that's okay. I can walk by the podium and take the microphone out of it so no one past the front row can hear you. Because let's be honest, that kind of needs to be done. Um, you know, I, I don't really see things getting any better because it's so widespread now that we just kind of have to, we either have to maintain where we're at right now, which is horrible. Let's be honest. It's just, if, if we stay where we're at right now, you know, everyone that's not on the edge of death is going to live a pretty miserable existence. Um, but you know, just like with the planet heating up, if, if things get crazier with all these social situations and sociopolitical issues that we have, um, you know, it's, it's not going to benefit literally anybody. Um, and honestly, what I think is going to happen is that, you know, states like Texas and Florida, are going to become these, you know, ideological right-wing thought sanctuaries, you know. Um, and they'll just stay red states, which, I mean, it's not, you know, red, blue, whatever. You know, if if it stays a red state that's, you know, I'm, I'm indifferent to it. Um, I, I'm not someone that automatically draws horns on someone just because they say that they're Republican, you know, I, it could be a policy thing. It doesn't have to be any issues like this. And I'm sure that there's plenty of Republicans that think that, yeah, I think too many people can access guns or yeah, I think that women should have a right to, to choose whether or not they have an abortion. That's not my decision to make. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of folks that are like that and that's great, but you know, I think those places are just going to become little ideological boxes for right-wing thought. And, you know, folks are going to move elsewhere and they're going to kind of just be eventually a, a, a bit of a black hole in those states because folks are going to walk around and everyone's just going to agree with each other. And then whoever runs the state is basically just going to say, okay, how can we kind of 
you know, raise the bar and lower our, you know, moral standards even further. Um, wow. I'm going to get some shit for this recording. Um, yeah. So then now let me talk about this whole Orwellian thing because, um, I bought the, well, no, actually I was gifted the book, um, for my birthday. And with me saying that you're like, oh my God, he's like a, a fascist and I'm not. It's just the stereotype of a lot of folks that reference things as 1984 or Orwellian, um, are conservative. And I think that's funny because even though I haven't read the book, I've done a lot of just looking into the book and the the things that are spoken about and referenced to in the book. And it seems like they are all completely wrong um, in their accusations of things being Orwellian. Um, and so I got just some uh, footnotes here that I was going to go through and talk about because I think it's just hilarious how confidently wrong people are. And I guess that's really my whole complaint here. Um, I didn't mean to sound kind of dictatory where I said that some people shouldn't have a a right to vote. Um, I, I think that I actually just kind of misspoke a little bit there. Everyone should, but at the same time, everyone should personally feel obligated to not be stupid. Um, and it's sad that with you know, ideology and, and groupthink when it comes to politics, that people have felt safe in being dumb. Um, you know, it's not really a question of competence in a sense that you need to qualify. Because I know at a point there was a, and actually I, I learned about it in middle school, they had us take uh, a quiz that was impossible Um there was no correct answer to any of the questions that were asked. We we knew that they were all wrong and it was frustrating us. And they did this to paint a picture of, oh God, I, I got to pull it up because I don't want to be wrong because it was a great lesson. Um, I think it was... I don't think it was civil service because I know it was controversial, but it was basically just like a rite of passage exam for folks that they knew would not perform well, like the government knew would not perform well. Um, and so I, I didn't mean it to sound like I was saying something like that. I, I was just saying like people need to feel like they're obligated to understand what's going on in the world. Um, and when folks say, you know, if you don't vote, you can't complain. While I agree with that, I would also counter that with saying, okay, but if you vote and don't know what the fuck the problems are that we're voting about, I don't need to listen to whatever you had to say. Um, this is basically what my, my take was there. Um, so first of all, authoritarianism and Orwellianism, um, 
seem to be coupled together a lot, um, which is kind of inaccurate because the whole Orwellian thing is mainly an issue on language and thought. And it's kind of like a manipulative process that kind of gets people to kind of seemingly in mass, like subconsciously, you know, revert into living a, a different life based on these ideas that are handed to you. Um, which some people try to legitimize saying that mask mandates are Orwellian. And I w- really wish that he was alive to address all of this stuff. Um, and I wish that there were books like this that are created nowadays where people point out the issues um, and, and kind of try to forecast what the future looks like. Um, but now all of those people would just be called crazy or, um, you know, communists or whatever. Um, basically the idea is that people don't like when the truth is pointed out to them. And I heard an interesting tidbit from one video that I listened to that saying that something is Orwellian just because you don't like it or you don't agree with it is more Orwellian than whatever the thing is that you're complaining about, which I found very interesting. Um, You're kind of using, you know, someone else's alternative take on something, which is probably a more reasonable take, let's be honest. Uh, And you're calling it Orwellian to basically illegitimize whatever it is that they're saying. And again, Orwellian or 1984 are those sexy words that like to get thrown around in, I don't know, let's just say the anti-vax group right now because they think that they will use those words to convince people that either already agree with them or maybe are on the fence, which I really don't think anyone at this point is on the fence. You're either on one side or the other, let's be honest. Um, those are terms that they use to fuel the flame because people, for some reason, associate it with authoritarianism, which if, if you actually looked into that word or that adjective, um, it's not, the, I mean, they're cousins, you know, but they're not directly related. Um, so it's just on language and focus or, or, or language and thought, um, is the focus and changing what you say, thinking a certain way and kind of being propagandized into falling into an ideology, which again, let's be honest, happens on both sides of the political spectrum. Um, but I guess it's just kind of like the context surrounding it where, and I might be biased cause I'm more of a, much more of a left leaning person. Um, but I think that the, the, the left leaning, what would be called ideologies, um, are 
maybe not always reasonable, but well-intended. Um, if it was a report card, it might say room for improvement or satisfactory. <clears throat> but that's okay because a lot of us are young and we're working on stuff. Um, you know, I, I have other complaints about my generation and how we deal with our problems and how we communicate with folks that we don't agree with, but that's another podcast for another day. Um, and then on the right, it's just, I mean, we, we've seen the news clips. Let's, let's not beat a dead horse. Um, one of the things that I read about that was in the book was this thing that was referred to as new speak, um, which is again, the, the buffet democracy or the, the, the buffet of democracy where, uh, we kind of pick what words have meaning and we discard the ones that go against where our intentions are. Um, I might be wrong on that, but basically uh, recreating the language to alter the thought process and kind of redefining what words mean, um, socialism being grossly taken out of context, um, Marxism, communism, they, they've all been lumped together. Um, yeah. Uh, God, what else? Um, Antifa is a word that is used for just someone who, I don't know, you go to a protest with a, a sign and all of a sudden you're a, you're a uh, freedom fighter or something in the eyes of political opposition. Um, or if I say that I like oranges, then I'm getting yelled at because I didn't mention that, well, I also like bananas and grapes and apples and blueberries and strawberries and, you know, you gotta... Uh, um, we are really good at trying to manipulate someone into thinking exactly how we want to think, which I think is a kind of a thought crime, I guess you could say in itself, because, you know, doing that will end up being in a place like Texas or Florida, where at some point, honestly, if, if they stay, you know, politically the way they are, it's going to be a state that is almost entirely full of folks who think the exact same way, or it'll just be grossly dominated by people who think the exact same way. And with those uh, voting maps too, you saw that a lot of the large cities were blue and the surrounding areas were mainly red, which is, you know, you think, you know, how can a state that is mostly colored in one color on the voting map um, you know, lose that, that majority fill. And it's because the population, of course, in the larger cities is mainly uh, blue. And to think if those folks, you know, because whether your, your uh, state votes blue or red in a presidential election doesn't really matter. It matters, you know, every other day of every other year, um, 
you know, who is in your, your state's office and who's in that, excuse me, legislation as we see in Texas and Florida where, you know, we have a Democratic president and that doesn't really seem to matter to these these two states uh, specifically. Um, <sighs> yeah. Um, and then the last thing I have is just, uh, uh, I took this right out of the video, a, a barrage of manufactured propaganda. Um, and honestly, with all of the stuff that I looked at, especially like around election time, I was like, I didn't sleep much at all to the point where my wife would get upset with me because I would just never be in the bedroom. I was always sitting in the living room, um, you know, fighting to stay awake and watching TV and reading shit online and scrolling through Twitter. And, um, I, I really honestly think that the, the propaganda machine more lies in, um, you know, the conservative realm where you have folks on TV who are speaking down against vaccines, yet they're the first ones to step in line for a COVID test or for a, a antibody treatment when they get sick or to make fun of mask mandates, yet they're vaccinated and they do all these precautionary things on the side for themselves or... Um, you know, the, the, with Fox News um, saying that everyone that works for them has to be vaccinated, um, yet those those newscasters will go on TV and say that, you know, vaccine mandates are <laughs> Orwellian um, or authoritarian or that we are, you know, leading somewhere bad. That's the whole Orwellian thing right there is it kind of it it really does come from the accuser um, at least from what I'm seeing in real time is that we want folks that support us to think a certain way even though we might not necessarily agree with it we can get away with it as long as we you know play the cards right. Um, that's, that's really the Orwellian thing is, you know, lobbing a, a pitch to an audience that you know is going to make contact with it and run with it. Um, that's, that's really the, the Orwellian thing, in my opinion, is just a, a pure manipulation based off the fact that you know that folks aren't doing their due diligence to try to be educated on the issues. Um, yeah. Wow. This is not going to be a popular show. Anyways. Um, yeah. 